This podcast is presented by the Bet Parks online casino and sportsbook app. New customers download now and get up to $1,000 in casino bonus back if you're not a winner in your first 24 hours. See BetParks.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 in PA, New Jersey, Maryland, Michigan, or Ohio. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult to Today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation semi annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal too. Schedule a no obligation in home estimate now. Call 866 90 Nation or visit windownation.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode of BGN Radio is brought to you by Clip It, the hottest app that is out there. Watch TV, make clips, and share. For more information, check them out at ClipIt.tv or check them on Twitter at ClipItTV. Hey guys, John Barchard here. You guys know how much I love to play fantasy football. So I need you to listen up because I want you to join the highest rated fantasy football app. It's called Draft. You get to play in a real live snake draft, but be done in under five minutes, and they last just for one week. Drafts start every couple of minutes, so you can join right now for week seven. And the best part is you get to play for cold, hard cash. Get this, your chances of winning are 80% better than on the salary cap sites, on all the DFS sites. Because you're always trying to figure out, okay, where should I start this guy, the value, and I don't have enough money to do all that stuff. It doesn't happen on draft, you get a selection of every premium player. You just got to be the smartest one in the room. It's a six-player snake draft, so you get in, you get out. Tournaments start from $1 to $1,000 to everything in between. Three-person drafts, six-person drafts, on and on. The options are limitless. And all new players get a free entry into a real money draft when you make your first deposit. All you have to use is promo code BGNR. That's right. Play a real money game for free just by using promo code BGNR. And it gets even better. Draft is so sure that you'll love it that they are offering BGN Radio List a money-back guarantee up to $100. No excuses now. Just search Draft in your app store or go to Draft.com and come play for free right now with promo code BGNR. You're listening to BGN Radio. Let's back. He's looking. He's looking. He is rolling. He's going to tuck it and run. He is in the end zone! Touchdown, Carson Wentz! (laughs) Eagles fans... Assemble! It's the preview show, baby. Vince Quinn here with you. Brandon Lee Galton with me as well. What's up, BLG? I'm doing good, Vince. I'm I'm glad that we finally got that. No talent. Lazy. Just kidding. Great guy, John Barchard. Out of <laughs> yeah, John can't make it this week, and happy to have you step in for him. And look, there's so much to get into. As weird as it is, because you've got such a fun matchup, right? Like, you've got the best team in the NFL right now, if you're looking at power rankings and the eye test and all that kind of stuff, they're, they're the number one team in the league. And what you have on the other side is the undisputed worst team in football, right? Like, it, I just think it's uh, it's fun. It's One, it's fun to be on the positive side of all of this, but it's also a game that uh, I don't want to just completely dismiss as boring and, like, uninteresting. I, I don't know. Does this game do anything for you, BLG? 
it's a weird game. I think everyone's going to go, oh man, this is the trap game. Uh, I've been saying that. People have been saying that a lot this year. This Niners team, you know, they're they're bad. I don't know if, you know, they're the worst. I think Cleveland takes the cake when it comes to that. The Browns are just so depressing, really. And uh, you look at this 49ers team, they're actually the first team in NFL history, as I'm sure you saw, that has won, or sorry, lost five games in a row by three points or fewer. That tells me that they're not very good. It also tells me that they've been in some tight games. They've been giving some effort. I mean, you look at that Washington game where they play the 49ers and, you know, if Pierre Garçon doesn't get called with just a phantom pass interference call and it goes on the defense like it should have, maybe they kick a field goal, maybe they win that game there. So you look at some of their other close games, I'm sure similar situations could apply. A call goes uh, the other way, a fumble, something small happens or changes there. But overall, uh, kind of just a weird game in the context of it's a short week. The Eagles are at home. They just came off this big division win. I can see why people are thinking, oh, it's, it's a letdown game. But to me, the 49ers are just bad, Vince. Well, yeah, they're really awful. But one of the things, because you talk about the Eagles and, and kind of the mindset going into this one, and I do think that is an important thing to discuss because, look, they are now, like, they're now getting the national recognition of being the best team in the league. But at the same time, as you hit a, a real high, and, and not just for the season, but for the organization in a long time to be at this stage. And now, what you also have are two major losses with Jason Peters and Jordan Hicks. And for me, I wonder about the mentality of this team and, and how they're going to handle those kinds of losses after a big win. Yeah, it's uh, it's I I think the loss of Jason Peters, obviously on the field is huge. I mean, he's your best. He's arguably your best offensive player outside of Carson Wentz, and you can make the case for Lane Johnson. But Jason Peters is at age thirty five, still performing at such a high level. You look at Pro Football Focus's one of their signature stats called pass block efficiency. I mean, he's up there in the league in terms of not allowing many pressures. And you can see on the field, I mean, he's such a force in the run game too. Jason Peters, such a valuable player to this team as a player, but in the locker room as well. I don't think people get that too always. I mean, when you saw Jason Peters go down with an injury on Monday night, the whole team is kneeling. The whole team is coming out from the sideline to go over to him, to talk to him before he gets carted off the field. There's an immense respect for Jason Peters uh, cool little story here that I think that's cool. Before every Eagles game at home, once the team breaks the huddle and goes back to the locker room, Jason Peters goes over to where the fans are lined up uh, who have the field access, and he gives pretty much every fan along there a high five. No other player really does that. Jason Peters has such a passion for this game, a passion uh, that hasn't resulted in a playoff win. Very sad that that's never happened for him and sad that it might not if his career is over, which would just be awful. But it's definitely a huge loss for this team in the locker room and on the field. Uh, it's it's just it's a really it's it's such a killer for this team. I mean, you beat Washington, you're six and one, and then that happens, and it's really just a huge gut punch. Yeah, it is, and it, and it was such a big important win because you beat the divisional team. You do it for the second time when it comes to Washington. You've now you feel pretty confident in the division and that it's locked up. And then suddenly at this point, we're like, man, this guy who's just it's so at the center of the organization, completely gone. So I do wonder about the psyche of that. And, you know, part of it, though, as much as I worry about that and wonder about it a little bit, I don't think it's ultimately something that could limit the Eagles or, 
you know, crush their their will in a game like this because San Francisco, I mean, they really are incredibly bad. And one of the things that you mentioned as well, it's when it comes to the close games for San Fran, they've been in two overtime games and lost both of them. So uh, they are a team that's played close. They've had a lot of crushing stuff. And to be at this point where you're 0-7, and playing against the Eagles, uh, that's the thing that actually concerns me the most, is that you are a completely defeated team. You're playing the best team in the NFL right now. And think of the morale boost if they're able to pull off a miraculous upset here. Oh, my gosh. And then just imagine <laughs> the storylines and the headlines and everything on Monday if the Eagles do lose this game. It'd almost be like everything would be undone and be like, oh, no, you know, like, oh, it's time to fire Doug and it's time to, I hope not. I hope it doesn't get there. I hope no one is pressing the panic button. I hope uh, that is not a realistic situation at all. Again, I think this 49ers team is just, they, I think you said on Twitter there, Vince, uh, that it's just not a good team. They lack talent. They were obviously bad last year under Chip Kelly. You know, Kyle Shanahan has come in and there hasn't been a big difference in terms of success from what we've seen out of them, the quarterback situation is still not threatening at all. But, uh, you know, there was a good post on Philly Voice today by Jimmy Kemsky about how the Eagles have, in the last so many games where they've been big favorites, they've had letdown performances. You think back to John losing to John Skelton. John freaking Skelton. From, For, from the University yeah, you, of Fordham? You're, yeah. you're Fordham Rams, right? Yeah. Um, so they have these kind of performances where you're that's in the back of your head and you're like, oh, no, the Eagles are going to have this letdown game. To me, I don't see it. I think you look at the the character of this team, the makeup of this team, the way they've responded to adversity this season and the way they've handled some of their inferior opponents. And I have a good level of confidence going into this one. Well, I do, too. It's as much as like here's kind of my vibe when it comes to this game. It's like. The Eagles could come in and let's say it is the trap game that people are thinking of, right? It's the the short week and losing the guys and all that kind of stuff. And they just played the most garbage football that they've played this entire season in the first half of the game. I don't think it matters. Um, Like for the Eagles to play as complete of a game that they have all through the year so far, like in the game last week, what you see is they have a terrible start to the game. They're getting all the penalties. Wentz throws a pick out of frustration, it seemed like, and the defense stepped up. And so I, I look at San Fran. It's like, man, I, I, the spread is pretty high, and we'll talk about it later. But I feel like you could be down, you know, 25 points at halftime, 30, well, 27, let's say, points at halftime. And even still, it'd be like, all right, we're still in this one. It's just they don't have a lot going on. It's true. Uh, I hope. I sure hope that doesn't happen. Well, yeah. Oh my gosh. But um, yeah, it's true. I mean, you look at all the factors here. I mean, the 49ers are traveling from west to east for a 1 o'clock game. We all know West Coast teams don't really handle that well for the most part. You saw uh, how the Cardinals came in here and had to deal with that, and things didn't go so well for them. And you look at how this Eagles defense is playing right now, Vince, and they have the number – one run defense in the NFL, only allowing about uh, 60-something yards here. So I have the number 67 yards per game, opponent rushing yards. And look, the 49ers have Carlos Hyde, and he's talented. And obviously, uh, you should know that because John Barchard is wanting the Eagles to trade for him. <laughs> yeah, he's on but, that train. Uh, 
so they have some talent at the running back position, but it's not enough where the Eagles, I think, really can't handle them. I mean, this Eagles defense has been so stout up front. So that's going to put a ton of pressure on C.J. Beathard from University of Iowa to, <laughs> to really throw the ball this week. And I just don't think he can handle that. I think you have a lot of factors working against the 49ers here. Now, if this game was in San Francisco, I think I would actually be, a, you know, I'd, I'd, my level of worry would be a little bit higher. If you're traveling on the road, something weird could happen. Who knows? But the Eagles are at home in this one. 49ers are traveling here. I think, and I don't know if the Eagles will blow them out. I'm not even saying that, although, you know, 49ers did, did look really bad against the Cowboys last week. But I just, I feel confident enough in this Eagles team to really get the win. Yeah, and the team's playing confident, and one of the things where you see that is the running game. Guys like Malcolm Jenkins stepping up in the running game, just demolishing people. Now, when it comes to San Francisco, it's so interesting because, yeah, Hyde is their best player. I like Garcon, and I think he's a really good receiver. I think their, their best actual talent is Hyde. And the thing is, when you watch San Francisco's running game, those guys can't block worth a damn, you know? They're, they're really incredibly terrible at doing it. And every yard that Carlos Hyde has earned, I feel like it's a yard after contact, you know? Like, he's getting hit in the backfield a lot. He's got to make two or three cuts to gain four yards. It's just, it's so incredibly problematic for Hyde to go anywhere, and that's what they need to go anywhere, as you were saying, because you've got a rookie quarterback in, in Beathard, and man, this kid, I don't think he's ready, because what I took away from the whole Beathard situation is that uh, the first game, he had the benefit of the doubt because he was thrown in in the middle, and no one's ever seen him before, and you don't have tape. But when you get to that second game, when teams can really start keying in on you and exploiting your weaknesses and trying to make you uncomfortable in what you're doing all the time, it, it's a completely different picture. And like you said, against Dallas, I mean, he and the whole team just looked awful. I mean, you look at what he's throwing to, too, and it's just not very inspiring. I know Pierre Garçon is a good player. He can still do some nice things there. But I was watching that 49ers-Washington game and obviously hoping that the 49ers could pull off the upset. And that was a very frustrating game to watch if you were rooting for the 49ers in that one because oh, yeah. all of their wide receivers, all of their tight ends, all of their running backs are just dropping passes time after time these guys are not really going to be able to help cj bethard out uh and make a play for him outside of maybe garcon there so it's it's a matchup where you know you look at the eagles and cornerback is always a concern every week but even though they've been playing relatively well here but that's really not a, the case this week you're just not scared of what the 49ers present on offense uh i think kyle shanahan Obviously, he's really, he did some great things with the Falcons last year, but with the talent they have on San Francisco or the lack of, it doesn't really matter what he draws up. It's just because it, it's futile. They don't have the talent to execute what he wants to do. They're very much in the process of a rebuild, and I just don't think they present much that makes you go, oh, we really have to stop that. Well, yeah, and the thing that that signified to me most that they're clearly in the rebuild stage was when they – Flat out just cut Navarro Bowman. Just cut him. Uh, a guy that's been a multiple-time pro bowler, one of the staple pieces when they had the, the last bits of the Jim Harbaugh run. And, man, I mean, to have an experienced linebacker that the fans know, that has the reputation, that's been around for so long, and to just cut him like that in the middle of the season 
is such like a, you know, we're not going to compete. It's not about this year mentality. It's it's kind of stunning that they were able to do that. Yeah, I think it was all just about trying to earn goodwill with, I don't know, him or his agent. Maybe it was some kind of long-term play there. Or It's definitely a move where, uh, you know, it's not about winning now. I mean, that's clearly just not the focus there. They're all they're all geared up for getting our favorite quarterback, our favorite Washington quarterback, Kirk Coupons next year. <laughs> um, that's that's really what they're they have in mind there. It's it's a team definitely in the rebuild mode. It's a team where uh, just you have a new head coach in Shanahan. You have a, a totally untested general manager in in John Lynch there. So uh, it's it's a, and they've just been bad. They've been a bad team for so long now. Harbaugh was there, everything was great, and then he wasn't because the 49ers are kind of a disaster when it comes to ownership and management, and they forced him out, and they haven't been able to come close to replacing him and all that talent they once had. And, you know, there was a point there where the 49ers were looking like they were going to be set up for a long time because they not only were they winning with Harbaugh, but they had a bunch of first-round picks as we like to joke about. They had a lot of assets, and they kind of just blew it all, and now they have a roster full of nothing. Well, yeah, and you know what? The nothing is so important because you've got two good players on that team on the offensive side of the ball. One of them's older in Pierre Garçon. He's like, what, 30 maybe, 31? So he's a little bit older, hides at the end of his deal. Who knows if it's worth actually signing him at this point to, to stick around. And then on the defensive side of the ball... It's like you got two defensive linemen in, in Buckner, DeForest Buckner, and Solomon Thomas, um, and they got a lot of growing to do still. You got Reuben Foster with a shoulder injury, and he's been dealing with some ankle stuff, and he, he might not play in this game. Like, they have so many struggles everywhere. And in terms of finding those foundational pieces to build around, it's, it's almost completely non-existent. Like, one of the guys they've had that's been that building block player – is Joe Staley, and they're having conversations this week about trading him. So you've got nothing, like nothing and nothing and nothing. And as you were talking about before, and I think it's a great point, they've gone through so much change as an organization. Like, you have Jim Harbaugh, then once you fire him and push him out the door after making good teams, then who do you bring in? It's Jim Tom Sula, and he's totally uninspiring. You fire him after a year. Then you have Chip Kelly come in for a year, and now you're on Kyle Shanahan, and it's just like when you go through that many roster changes, and you know the personnel's obviously not going to fit from year to year, and to just rip it up so repeatedly, I mean, there really is nothing here. This is a really rough, ugly organization. It is, Vince, and you're talking about Joe Staley there. I have to ask you. We have to talk about the left tackle picture a little bit here for yeah. the Eagles with Jason yeah, Peters do. going down. Are you trading for an offensive tackle? It doesn't have to just be Joe Staley. Are you trading for an offensive tackle? Uh, my gut says no. I'd stay with Big V. You're and a Big V guy? I'm not like the biggest Big V guy, um, but I think he's competent. And that's enough. Like, you have a premium tackle. Think of how spoiled we are anyway, right? Like, we have Lane Johnson. He is he was listed as the fourth best tackle in the league just, you know, last week. Jason Kelsey was the number two center. Brandon Brooks was number five in the entire league at guard. And that's not just, like, right and left. It's just guard. And Wisniewski was 19. So, like, 
you've got four players that are in the top 20 at their positions all across the line. And for me, I can't I can't see the big the you know big V replacement and say like now our line is so ghastly that we we need to go out and spend whatever we have to you know like we have enough good things here and for me I I just think it's greedy. Yeah, I think I'm on I'm on the same page with you there, Vince. I I think for sure the Eagles like big V. I mean, you have to think about it in the sense that they traded away Alan Barber and they traded away Matt Tobin as well, who aren't amazing players in their own right, but still it showed the confidence that the Eagles had in Halapuli Vadi Vaitai to keep him around uh, and insert him as the the top swing tackle there behind either Jason Peters or Lane Johnson. And look, I don't think Big V is all of that great. Uh, I don't think he's a total disaster. But I think if he happens to be a disaster this weekend, I mean, you're really thinking about doing something at that point because you're in a unique opportunity right now where you're 6-1. and one And, you know, I'm, I'm looking ahead a little here, but 49ers are beatable. The Denver Broncos, who have scored a combined 10 points in their last two games, are looking very beatable, especially when that game is in Philly. So you have a chance here to make a run, and you know you want to make sure you get that left tackle position right, not only for this year, but just for the sake of keeping your, oh, by the way, playing at an MVP level quarterback in Carson Wentz upright and healthy. And I, I don't think the Eagles didn't need to make some kind of panic trade, and they're certainly not going to trade for a guy like Joe Staley, in my opinion, because that's a guy who, not only is he 33, but... He has an expensive contract, has an $11 million or so cap hit, and still has some years left on his deal after that. I think a guy that makes sense for this Eagles team is a guy who actually played under Eagles offensive line coach Jeff Stoutland for one year. It was at Miami. It was in 2010. It's Chantrell Henderson from the Bills. Uh, Buffalo actually has a, a glut of tackles suddenly. Uh, with the way they've shaped their roster. So I think that's something to keep an eye on. But offensive line as a whole, certainly something to keep a line, an eye on in this game. Again, some of those players you mentioned there, Vince, with Buckner and all, all those Oregon defensive ends that they seemingly drafted and like and they have there. Well, wouldn't it be funny, too, considering that Peters was from the Bills and got traded here, if they traded for Sean <laughs> Trell Henderson, and like it just turns out that he's the next guy, even if it's like five or six years, it, that would just be so incredible to make deals with Buffalo and get two, at least, you know, for a while, starting left tackles. That would be absolutely great. But yeah, like, let's talk a little bit about the, the defense for the 49ers here, because yeah, look, Buckner, I think, is an interesting player. I think Solomon Thomas was one of those guys that when you, you looked at the tape, it was like, oh my God, he's just the next level human, and who knows how he'll play, but God, the athleticism, you got to go for it. So you have amazing talent there. Reuben Foster is a guy that when he plays, I thought he was in that same conversation. So there, there's a lot of talent that they have on that side of the ball, but it isn't developed yet. And if you're the Eagles, like I'm Doug Peterson, I'm going into this game, uh, how would you go and attack the the San Francisco defense at this point? Uh, I think you can just pick and choose. <laughs> it's like, well, what do we want to do? I mean, I don't really know what this 49ers defense does exceptionally well here. I mean, they do have some defensive line talent, so I'm not just going to say, uh, you know, it's going to be totally easy. But, you know, there's opportunities here. You look at their cornerbacks, not very inspiring. Carson Wentz is playing at arguably the highest level in the NFL right now. And you're certainly not going to be shy, I think, to attack them through the air 
And how could you not when you have a future Hall of Famer like Mac Hollins just suddenly emerging onto the scene here? I mean, good God, get that guy more playing time. He only Seriously. played eight snaps against eight? The, against eight. Oh, that's so wrong. But you wouldn't know because he he's made such a, a big impact in the limited snaps that he's played. So I think they're going to be able to uh, test this 49ers defense deep. You're going to see Carson Wentz throw a lot. I think you know the running game didn't really get going too much against Washington, even though you did get Wendell Smallwood back, which is good to have him back. Not maybe you know not necessarily the most inspiring runner, but he adds another element as a receiving option for Carson Wentz there. So I, I really don't think there's just like one way you have to attack this team when they're not as good as they are. I think you're going to be able to. You know, let's see if we can get the run game going. And if that's working, all right, let's use that to set up play action. I mean, that all sounds very cliche and boring and conventional, but you know, I just don't think this is the week where you have to get super cute. Yeah, it's not. They're, they're, the the uh, the front of the 49ers, you can run on them. They're they're not a team that you know is dominant in the pass rush either. As much as they've invested in the defensive line, those guys. They, they just don't pressure the way that you would expect when you hear a couple of top picks are there and have the opportunity to rush together. So you're going to have time in the pocket most likely. And when I look at the especially the, the linebacking position, because what they're doing now is they're getting Eric Reed, who was a safety, he gets injured, and I guess it was Jaquiski Tart, which is like the greatest, <laughs> greatest name ever. Uh, Very good. Comes in at safety. And they like him, and they like Reed as well. So they're like, oh, we like both these guys. What are we going to do? Well, they put Reed at linebacker. And so now you've got, you know, on top of the Reuben Foster injury and outright cutting Navarro Bowman, you've got a guy that's a, a safety who's playing linebacker, making the switch in the middle of the season, coming off an injury. And for the games that he's played in that role, Teams have been able to run right over him, which, which you know, not surprising. You've got a small guy in place for a linebacker, and he's got to learn it on the fly. So, I mean, for me, going into this game, I, I'm running the ball a ton as the Eagles. I'm, I'm running it all day, every day. Because the other thing is, too, think about it. Like, this game is such a junker for me that if they – and like we said, if they play just competent football, they're going to – they're just going to beat the crap out of them. Uh so if it gets to that point, like you don't want to have injuries, you know, is it is it selfish of me to be like I'm killing clock from the first drive of the game? <laughs> I mean, that's that's really how I feel. It's like get 14 points on the board and they'll never match that, and just keep it in cruise control. Just keep running that ball, killing that clock, maintaining drives, and ideally, and like this is what Dallas did that was probably the best move of the whole game is. They had 40 points by like the beginning of the fourth quarter, and they just sat everybody. That's amazing. I, that's the situation that I want to be in. I want to be able to sit everyone by the start of the fourth. Sounds like a plan. And you do look at how the Cowboys ran all over this 49ers defense. I mean, they had 265 yards on 43 carries, which is 6.2 average and also three touchdowns. I mean, you look at Ezekiel Elliott's performance this season and it's not like Zeke has been terrible but he's it's not like he's been uh on the same level that he was last year I mean he didn't have 100 yards rushing in his three games before playing 
the are I'm looking am I looking at this right? I'm sorry, I'm looking at this wrong. I'm looking he there was a three game stretch this season from Denver, Arizona and, and the Rams where he didn't even break the hundred yard mark. Yeah. And then he plays the 49ers and then he goes off for a season high one forty seven and also a season high average of five point seven. His previous high in a, a single game this year was four point three. So that 49ers defense really brought Zeke back to life. I think we're going to see opportunities for LeGarrette Blunt, for Wendell Smallwood, for your own Corey Clement, Vince Quinn. My to boy. really get the ball, yes, and uh make an impact on the ground. Yeah, so the ground game is definitely something you gotta hammer at and hammer at and hammer at. When it comes to the secondary, uh I, I know we're talking about safeties that they like. Uh I I don't think they're prohibitive in any way. None of these guys are Earl Thomas or Eric Berry or Malcolm Jenkins. You know, they're just not elite guys. I'm not worried about the passing by any stretch. Frankly, I think their corners are worse than the Eagles' corners. And, like, like their best corner, and I, I think his name is Robinson, um, number 33 for the, for the 49ers. He's that's the, how good he is. You don't even know his name. Well, that's the thing. It's he's, <laughs> He was the guy that I noticed the most of being like, okay, this guy is decent. Like, he's not total garbage. And I thought he was worse than Jalen Mills. So, like, I, I don't know what to make of anything that's going on with San Francisco in the passing game. I don't think there's anything that limits you. You just try everything and see what works. You know, whether it's pick plays that you have to do later to mess with the young guys and inexperienced guys or whatever. Uh, I, I don't know, but yeah, I, the the plan of attack is so it's so strange because it is so open. Was a paralysis by choice, basically. Like th- that's how it is for the Eagles going into this game, and uh, it's strange. Like I feel spoiled because I'm saying, hey, I hope that they just can sit everybody in the fourth quarter. It's probably the most spoiled thing to ever say, but. Uh, there really is nothing from San Francisco that's imposing on the defensive side of the ball where it's like, oh, man, uh, if they're going to have to watch out for this guy every down. And so, like, just for the hell of it, right, how many points – because there's an over-under, but how many points just the Eagles themselves – Let's I'm going to put a line. Let's say uh, 35 and a half points. How do you feel? Ooh, just for the Eagles. Yeah, just for the Eagles. Well, they've scored, I think – the, they have the longest 20-plus point scoring streak in the NFL, so we know they're going to get 20. Uh, <laughs> so it goes from there, uh, 35. Uh, Eagles, th- let's say 31 the, and a half. That's a little high. I'm going to Okay, gonna yeah, I'm say 35 bit. is a little high. 31, well, the Eagles' highest scoring game this year was what, against the Cardinals? Was it 33? Um, so they haven't hit uh, – no, sorry, it was 30. I guess it was this past game. Uh, when it was 34 against Washington. Yeah, I think they can get that. I mean, you could look at Washington has a good defense here, and for the Eagles to put up 34 points on them, that's no small feat. Uh, I do think that Doug Peterson, I just trust him right now. He's making good play calls. He's doing everything right for the most part. And Carson Wentz, same thing. I trust Carson Wentz. How could you not, the way he's playing right now and doing things that are crazy out there on the field and, and really – not only just like Carson Wentz is having wooden good game here and there. I mean, he's stringing this along. He's showing improvement on a weekly basis, which is impressive because he's playing well. So to improve on it each week, it makes it that much better. I just trust in all those guys. So I'm going to take the over on that. I, I, you know, you look at Dallas, they put 40 on this 49ers team. I think the Eagles can put up a lot of points. 
Yeah, I I definitely would take the over. The the only thing that I could think of is they take their foot off the gas, but uh, I can't imagine that they do that because as of now, and that's been the thing that's so impressive, is mentally they're there for all of the games and, and they're consistent and it's just like, this. and that's why I'm not worried about this game at all because like you said at the beginning of the show, People think it's a trap game, and I wouldn't believe that it's a trap game, but it's such a it, – the difference between the two teams is almost like oil and water, and so I can't get to that point where it's like, yeah, you know, the Niners, if they just do this and this, like they could really take this one. It just – they're just that bad. Now, on the opposite of Carson Wentz, you do have C.J. Beathard, and he's a quarterback starting his second game ever – in the NFL, he's a rookie, he's a third-round pick, and I got to tell you, the, the only thing that the Niners have going for them in terms of Beathard and his ability is that he's got legs. Like, uh, I got to say, I with the linebacker situation, I wonder how things are going to shake out and maybe Beathard can get some yards on the ground, but other than that, I'm, I'm really not worried about the guy. Did you see his run in the preseason where he had like some kind of crazy long run? No, how long did he get? Oh, you got to see that. I got to it was if you're if you're listening to this, you have to go look it up. Uh, he had this crazy long run in the preseason and it was one of those deals where like you saw the highlight come across. It was a 62-yard touchdown run against the Chargers <laughs> in the preseason. Like CJ Beathard is Certainly not a statue back there, but he's not a guy who you would think is going to rip off a 62-yard touchdown run. So, uh, But that's definitely an element the Eagles will have to keep in check. I think they've done a, a good job for that for the most part. I mean, I, I know they let Cam rush for a lot, but Cam's hard to stop. And even Kirk Cousins had a couple nice little runs there against the Eagles. Um, not Not a huge concern there, but it is an interesting thing where you know you have cj bethard coming in here and he is in his second game and you kind of said it earlier vince it's not like the eagles have a ton of tape on him i mean they, they have enough sure to study him and go back but uh does kind of present you some different opportunities as opposed to a guy like brian Hoyer who look like everyone knows what that guy is about at this point um so maybe if anything if the 49ers have a shot in this game maybe it's bethard kind of just comes in here you're underrating him somehow, and maybe he just suddenly pulls a 62-yard touchdown run out of nowhere a la Joe Webb. Yeah, like if I were Kyle Shanahan going into this game, I would abuse the crap out of the read option. Like I would just have Beathard running the ball all the time. They haven't done it at all this season, but he's got the legs to do it, and he's a guy that, look, no disrespect to him, but you're looking for other options at quarterback. And so if you can get him and just try to get the most that you can out of him for this game to try to win one to build something for your team, I do it to the fullest. Now, one thing they've done already is, and this is something they generally do anyway, is your classic play-action bootleg. You know, they go, they hand the ball off, it looks or it looks like a handoff to the right, and then the quarterback's running out to the left. They run that a lot, but and it works. But even when it works, I mean, they're only getting like, Five yards, seven yards, and Beathard doesn't have that deep ball ability. He's not going to go 40 yards down the field. So from an Eagles standpoint, it is nice because you don't have much to worry about in terms of the field size. You know, we wonder, like Arizona was such a tough matchup because you have to worry about, okay, you've got these speed receivers and you slow corners and you don't want them to beat you over the top. With San Francisco, 
all you have to worry about is Pierre Garçon. He's not a pure deep guy. And so from a defensive perspective, I'm really expecting Schwartz to, to dial up some stuff early, confuse this kid, and just knock the snot out of him. They absolutely should. I mean, there's no reason to be conservative and, and try to play it safe and uh, just give them a chance to enter this game or, or get something going early and try to give them some momentum. I mean, you should knock the crap out of this team. Uh the blitzing would be great to see. Um, I, I do think it's great how Derek Barnett is really starting to kind of heat up here. He had a sack against his first career sack against the Panthers in week six, and he had two against Cousins uh, in this most recent game on Monday night. So it's good to see him getting more playing time as well. He actually had more snaps than Vinnie Curry for the first time all season. So you look at this Eagles pass rush, and again, it all goes back to the Eagles stopped the run better than anyone in the NFL. So that's going to make the teams not even want to run. That's the thing about how good this run defense is. It's not just that teams are trying to run on them time and time again and they can't do it, although that's part of it. But it's also that they don't even try. There was a good stat here from Ruben Frank where he said that Eagles opponents have run the ball only 123 times through the first wow. seven games. That's second fewest through seven games. Since 1952. Oh 1952. God. So it's been what here? It's been, uh, I, I'm terrible at math. What is this, Vince? Why can't I do this? What, it's been um, 65 years? It's been, yeah, 65 years. Much better at math than I am. That's crazy. So they're stopping the run at an historical rate. I think it's going to be the similar case in this game. I think if you're the 49ers, you have to try to give the ball to Carlos Hyde because he's one of your best players. But at the same time, it's kind of futile because you're just not going to be able to, to run against this Eagles defense. And from there, all the pressure is on C.J. Beathard to make plays with his arm, unless he's going to try to run for 62-yard touchdown again. But otherwise, it's going to be a lot of pressure on his arm. And again, these wide receivers just aren't scaring you. And C.J. Beathard's arm isn't scaring anybody. And if he has to throw, let's say, 30, 40 times a game, I mean, there's just no way they can win. No, there's no way. And even if it gets to the point where, the, like, on top of that, you're going to be dealing, let's say they try to run the ball early and they can't make it work, you're going to have a lot of, you know, third and eights, third and sevens. And so on top of throwing so many times, on top of the limited weapons, you've got long distances to cover and you're inexperienced. So being able to read certain blitzes and people trying to confuse you, that's going to be even worse. So, I mean, we're talking about a game where you could see a couple of interceptions. Another thing that I'm expecting out of this one, his pocket awareness is not great. Uh, I've seen times where rushers have come and they're they're not right in front of him, but they're pretty close to right in front of him, and he's not moving around in the pocket. So when he's not comfortable and understanding the pocket enough and he's got these long distances and the defensive line is looking good, it, it all lines up so incredibly well. And in terms of like the coaching X's and O's of it, you know, like Kyle Shanahan is is in a tough spot because when we talked about the Carolina Panthers, you know, what is it? Well, they they have uh, Samuel, who they move around. They have McCaffrey, who they move around. Cam Newton is his own weapon. Jonathan Stewart. Like, they're doing so many wacky things in the backfield to keep you with all this smoke and mirrors that you don't know what's going on, and they can kind of trick you into gaining yardage. San Fran doesn't have any of that. Like, you have Hyde, you have Garcon, and that's it. And it's not even like Hyde is this, you know... 
uh, do it all back like McCaffrey, where you spread him out wide all the time, and he's a super great receiver. He's more of a running back that can catch the ball a little bit. So for Kyle Shanahan, it's it's not even like they're running uh, crazy things to get people open and make it easier for Beathard. They're a very simple, plain offense, which makes it that much easier for the Eagles to just absolutely rout them. And I want to give credit to the Eagles here, too. You know, this the story of this game isn't just that the 49ers are terrible, which is a part of it, but it's not the whole story here. I mean, the Eagles are, like, they're, they're legitimately to the best team in the NFL. I mean, they have the best record. Um, and just the way they're playing right now, I know, you know, look, the Jason Peters injury is a huge loss. Losing Jordan Hicks is not ideal. I, I don't think he was having the best season, and he has missed some time here. So I don't think that's, like... The worst loss in the world. It hurts them, but I, I, I think uh, the, with the way that Bradham has been playing well and Kendricks has been playing well, you might be able to get through with that. I think the the Peter thing with Big V at left tackle is much more of a concern there. But overall, I mean, you look at this Eagles team; they're just playing so many well. They're or sorry, they're playing so well, and so many players are playing well in so many areas right now. I mean. We talked about Mac Hollins earlier. You're getting a contribution from that guy, even though he's only playing eight snaps. We talked about Corey Clement. That guy made an awesome touchdown catch. Corey Clement, who isn't even thought of as a receiving back, had an awesome play like that. You're getting good performances out of everyone. I think that's a testament to the coaching staff. They're really coaching these guys up. They're getting maximum effort. And I guess that's another thing right there that makes me feel like I'm not worried about a trap game. When have we really see this team just, I mean, I don't want to say come out flat because they didn't have the best start against Washington, but they came back and they, 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 when they face resiliency, they come back from it and they rally and they don't let it linger. And they have a big play offense that is capable of swinging the momentum back in their favor, just like we saw against Washington. So there's nothing, it's not just about Washington, or sorry, uh, the 49ers in this game being bad to me. It's about, you know, let's give the Eagles some credit. They're really good, and they are 13-point favorites for a reason. Yeah, they certainly are. I mean, man, 13 points is, is a lot. But, hey, they're playing at home. They're playing the one of the worst teams, a completely defeated team. And, yeah, I, I really think that the fact that the Eagles are this good right now is what made the line actually closer. Because I, if you're San Francisco, you really have to be giving everything that you've got in this game. I, if if Shanahan, like, if he's not running at least one flea flicker or, you know what I mean, like a wildcat play, just something yeah. really funky to to throw the, the Eagles off and try to get easy points. Maybe an onside kick. Maybe they pull an Andy Reid and, like, first play of the game, they just kick off and it's an onside kick. I don't think it's a bad idea for them. Like, play loose, play recklessly, and and hope for the best because the Eagles, yeah, they're just so damn good right now. And they're winning week after week after week with all these challenges. They're they're sharp. They're tough. And for San Francisco, it just feels it just feels really hopeless. Like, isn't it great to be on this side of the conversation, though? I can't imagine... What the hell do you say as a San Francisco fan? Like, if you're getting the same way we're doing this preview show now, like the San Francisco people being like, "All right, people, here's what's coming up this week. Get excited!" Like, how do you how do you say anything to to people at this point? Yeah, I, I you know I do a question exchange with the uh, the 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 lead blogger of the other team that the Eagles are playing each week. In this case, it's uh, David Fucillo from Niners Nation. 
And you know, I'm going to do a question exchange with him, so you can you can check that out at Bleeding Green Nation and NinersNation.com this week for our exchange there. But um, yeah, even some of the questions he had sent me are <laughs> they're they're almost admitting defeat. I mean, uh, <laughs> uh, I'm trying to go through them here. Uh, you know, he's talking about how uh, you know if the, the if this is a potential letdown game for the Eagles, what kind of weaknesses do you see that would give the 49ers the best chance at springing an upset or at least keeping it close? And I mean, <laughs> I don't mean to pick on Fuchs here; he's a good guy, but it's just like that's so depressing. I mean, <laughs> to to have that mentality, and and I think I'm right there with you, Vince, when you say the the Niners should be doing those kind of Maybe some breakouts some gimmicky stuff, because why not? I mean, what do they have to lose? I think the only thing they really have to lose is winning this game. Because if you win this game, then you blow a potential chance at the number one pick, which, look, Cleveland is so bad, I think the Browns are going to get it. I think they're they're safely going to be able to get that number one pick. And the 49ers have shown enough fight where I think they'll maybe even at least win a game by accident or two this year. But overall, I mean, this isn't <laughs> – if you're a 49ers fan, it's not like you even want to see a win in this one. Uh, I, I think it's going to be a game where you're just going to have to have some kind of weird stuff happen for the 49ers to be able to win this one. And it would have to be uh, some fluky things here uh, and, and, and probably a very close game as well. It's not like the 49ers are coming in here and rallying this team unless the Eagles just don't show up, which, again, has happened in the past. I mean, you look at the Joe Webb game. And the the game where the Eagles lost to John Skelton, so it's always there in the back of your mind. But I think the Eagles are good enough of a team where trap game kind of doesn't apply to them. If I have to call this the Bethard game ten years from now, I'm going to blow oh, no. my brains out. <laughs> my God, that would, that would be so awful. You know, I was there at the Joe Webb game. I was there at the John uh, Skelton game. I will not uh, be at the stadium. So breathe. Well, thank easy. you. Yeah, don't go. <laughs> yeah, my God, I have no reason to be at any of that. But, uh, yeah, you do, like, there, there are fluky things that happen, and it is the NFL and whatever, but, man, I mean, what it's going to take for San Francisco to have even an outside shot at the end of the game, I just think is it's so heavily stacked against them, and you have to feel good as an Eagles fan. And so, with all of that, let's go to the picks. Hit me! It's time to ring the bell. And play some bets. Hey, I don't want your money punching my money. Here come our NFL picks. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. Picks are brought to you by the Sportsbook at Delaware Park. It's where you can wager and watch all of the pro football games on Sunday. Go to DelawarePark.com for more details. Delaware Park's the lottery agent for the Delaware Lottery. Must be 21 to play. Now, BLG, you don't have to be 21 to watch, and you don't have to be 21 to make the picks at home. So let's run through them here. Uh, first off, and where did I put them? There they are. Hello, picks. First off, we're going to travel to New Orleans, where they have the Chicago Bears, uh, a team that just got a win where Mitchell Trubisky threw, was it nine passes in the game? Seven. <laughs> Seven passes in the game. That's a that's a Tim Tebow in performance. Right, like, very much so. Yeah, so seven passes in a game, and they win. Uh, they're playing the Saints on the road, and the Saints are giving nine points. What do you think? I don't think this spread is high enough. I think I think the Saints are a pretty good team here. They've won four in a row. They're playing good football. The Bears, I know they they've won some games here, but it's not sustainable. You just brought up 
the name that he who should not be named uh, <laughs> the quarterback who used to play for the Eagles, by the way. Best uh, number 11 in this city ever. Oh, yes, very much so. <laughs> uh, don't look that up, by the way. Uh, the Bears are bad, man. I know they've done some nice things here, but they're not a good team. What they've done with Mitchell Trubisky is just not sustainable. You cannot win regularly when your quarterback is going four for seven in a game. And the week before that, he was eight of 16. So between two weeks, he attempted, uh, that's 23 passes there. That's just not going to win, especially against Drew Brees. The game is in New Orleans. I'm taking the Saints. It's an easy call. Yeah, I'm with you. It's the same thing. And you know what it is about the Saints that's finally gotten them to a point where they look like a good team again? They're finally running the ball. Like, Mark <laughs> Mark Ingram's a factor. Uh, Alvin Kamara has been a factor for them. A great pick. I, I loved him coming out. Yeah. So, like, the, now that they've got that and their offense isn't just, hey, Drew Brees, we need you to throw the ball 45 times today. You got it? Great. Like, they're actually winning games now, and they they look good. And, and that was probably why they lost those games to start, just figuring out the identity, and they had Adrian Peterson in there and, and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, if I'm making the pick here, definitely New Orleans with the nine points. It's, that seems like an easy one to me. Uh, next up, this one's fun. These are two teams that have their own separate gripes with the New England Patriots. One of them is the New York Jets. The other is the Atlanta Falcons. The Falcons are going into New York to play the Jets, and they're giving four and a half points on the road. What do you think of that one? Man, I just, how could you pick the Falcons? They're not playing good football. You look at this offense, it is not the same team as last year. I think they're getting too much of a reputation of that with this kind of line. I mean, four and a half. I know yeah. they have some talented players, but geez, I just I don't like the, I don't trust them enough, especially on the road here. And you know what, Vince, I kind of like the Jets a little bit, and that's a very depressing thing for anyone <laughs> to ever say. But I think this Jets team is not great by any means, but they've shown good effort, and they're certainly a lot better than people expected coming into this season. Uh, they blew that game late against Miami, so certainly n- far from a uh, a juggernaut here, but I, I like the Jets getting the points at home. I'm going to take the J E T S Jets, Jets, Jets. Yeah, I I gotta do it too. The Jets, man. I, the it's interesting that New England game. They kept it so close. You have the Austin Safarian Jenkins play, the non touchdown, and that swung things. But they've been competitive. They're a three and three team, much better than anyone thought. They were supposed to be what the Niners were. They were supposed to be that. 0-17 going into this point of the season, but McCown at times has been okay. Atlanta, I mean, look, if it was just a regular loss that they came off of to go into this game, I would take them with that many points, but wow, that New England loss, man, it's, that's just so gutting to get completely demolished by a team that they're one of the worst defenses, like, ever. Uh, yeah. what, what was it, six consecutive games where they allowed 300 yards passing out of the gate, and I don't think that had ever been done before. So uh, terrible, terrible stuff. And you're getting Matt Ryan to go in there, and they do nothing, basically. Like, Julio Jones just got his first touchdown of the season in that game. So they got nothing going on, and it's it's a complete catastrophe. So, yeah, I'm with you. Jets with four and a half points. At home, uh, that feels like a pretty good one to me. Last one. This is in the division. We've got the Cowboys traveling to Washington, D.C., and they're they're giving 
two and a half points on the road. What do you think of that one? Ooh, I, you know what? I'm going to have to do it. I'm going to have to take the Cowboys again. Um, <laughs> it's not, it's not what I love to do for the Eagles sake. Obviously Washington needs to win this game. If we're talking about what the Eagles want to happen, it's Washington winning because the Eagles already have that head to head tiebreaker over Washington. I think Washington is less of a threat, especially because of that. So Eagles fans should want a Washington win, but I don't think they're going to get it. I just think this Washington team is really banged up right now. You look at the offensive line injuries they've sustained uh, in the Eagles game especially, and it is a short week for them. seems like Josh Norman will be coming back, but, man, I don't know. I just kind of don't trust that Washington team right now. Uh, I think Dallas, while they're not suddenly all fixed just because they beat the 49ers, it was almost like last week. The Cowboys win, and they did the they did the unthinkable. They beat the the only or one of the only teams that hasn't won a game. How incredible for them! Um, I, I do think Dallas though is good enough where I like them as two point favorites. Okay, yeah, for me, I'd look at Washington, and uh, I would guess that Norman's coming back this week. I know he was like kind of working out last week, and so I would I would just guess given it's a division game and they just lost to the Eagles, that they'll try to push him this week. So he'll play, Breland would play, and then you've got uh, Rob Kelly, who's back, and he'll be healthier after having a week. So I look at those things, and that gives me enough with the Skins being at home to say, I'm going to take them when they're given two and a half points. I feel good about that one. And yeah, if they can just beat Dallas, I mean, wow. Uh, Because here's the other thing, too. For Dallas, like they had the bye week, and then they go and they just beat the shit out of the 49ers. And so when you get to that point where you demolish a team that badly and you're sitting and, and just having drinks on the sideline basically in the fourth quarter, I do wonder for them, because they haven't shown me it yet, I do wonder if they kind of take this game a little lightly. And I'm curious to see if, if and hopeful to see that Washington can go and smack them in the mouth. So I might be dreaming a little bit here, but I'm going with Washington. Now, the last one, and the most important pick, the Eagles are giving 13 points to the San Francisco 49ers right now. BLG, your thoughts? (laughs) Man, and this game opened at 10.5 too, so the line quickly moved to uh, 13 for the Eagles. I've also seen it as 14 in some places Oh, man, this is, an, again, this is an Eagles team that is legitimately good. I know the injuries hurt to some extent, but not enough to me to suddenly be totally worried about them. Carson Wentz, it, comes back to, it all comes back to Carson Wentz. He is playing like the best quarterback in the NFL. At, very, at the worst, he's playing like one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL right now. As of today, I think he's the NFL MVP. I have so much trust in him. Now, with that said, I just, man... 13 is a lot. It really is a lot. Uh, you can have funky things happen. You could have a backdoor cover. You could have some kind of situation like that. But you know what? I'm just going to take the Eagles. I have to take them because I think they're just so good, and they're at home, and 49ers are traveling from west to east. I think the Eagles are going to win, so it's certainly not a question of that. It just comes down to the points, and I do think the Eagles, who are scoring the most 20-point games in a row in the NFL, and Doug Peterson calling good plays, and Carson Wentz playing like he is, where why would I bet against that right now? I think I have to take the Eagles. 
Yeah, man, I'm going with the Eagles, and I, I got to be honest with you. If they moved this line to like 17 and a half, I'd still probably take it. Oh, I, really? I mean, I just think this game is such a catastrophic blowout that that I I don't see anything happening other than the fluky injury or something. Like, God forbid, Wentz goes down. Even then, I I think the Eagles still win the game. So I I just can't see anything in any possible reasonable capacity that that says like yes, San Francisco will keep this remotely close. And so any given Sunday, you can put that right in the shitter. Uh, this is a complete blowout, and it's yeah, it's really not close at all. So uh, with that. That is the end of the preview show. I want to thank Mr. Brandon Lee Galton stepping in for John Bartrip. Thank you, sir. Absolutely, man. Yeah, so uh, that's BLG. You can find him at Brandon Galton on Twitter. I'm Vince Quinn. You can find me at It's Vince Quinn. All one word, nice and simple. We'll have more. Co- uh, we got so many shows, BLG. How many shows do we have coming up? We've got, uh, I've got the. Too N- many. Yeah, I mean, we've got like <laughs> Counterpoint is coming out, and then I've got the NFC East show. That'll be coming out, and uh, we've got a guest show coming up this week. Like We've got yes. a million things, so all that WIP stuff. WIP show Saturday. WIP show on Saturday, of course, and then we've got the gambling show on Sunday. So uh, a million things to look out for. Make sure you're following us at BGN underscore radio, and we'll talk to you soon. Stretch your hand and I'm going to chop it off. I dare you ask for a favor from your boss's boss. Shrimp scampi, angel head noodles, white wine sauce. Rwanda and a Ross, reload the Nina Ross. Settle metal when I'm focused on the green Dinero. Hocus Pocus, Gucci Lopez, cake with bacon soda. Cake for soldiers moving weight from Maine to Nova Scotia. Bang revolvers, problem solvers, that pain the mothers. Lost a child, clips from play when they hear Belial. Nightmares, walking dead cause they sleep prepared. You either sheep or shit, be scared and cut to pieces. I lust for custom coops with the honey mustard features. Butterfly doors, a whore that makes wine or sober. Her beauty stunning, plus she funny, that's the proper order. Head nods and cat calls, cuz it's pops in order. Yeah, I'm stuntin' all the world is my stage show. Dallas streets cruising around about 4 a.m. Just that fly shit, the type you never seen it.